Welcome to the Zwift SBS podcast. Zwift is the app that turns indoor training into a game. With structured workouts, training plans and massive online group rides to make your training fun. Because fun is results. Fun is fast. Go to Zwift.com and start your free trial. Bonjour, 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 and uh, welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we start, let me remind you that you can uh, uh, download, stream, and subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash central, or you can log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Joining me is Dave McKenzie. How are you, Dave? Ah, oh, Christophe, mate, I'm pretty good. Um, you know what today is, don't you? No, it's laundry day. It is, it is T minus nine. I know, I know. It was laundry day. T minus well. nine, my friend. I can <laughs> I almost smell the, the the fresh baguettes, the croissants. <laughs> so <laughs> we're doing this remotely because I'm already in Sydney. I've been a bit of, more of a chicken than you, and uh, I thought I'm going to cross the border straight away. Uh, you're <laughs> coming and joining us uh, a bit later on, but uh, yes, you're right. Nine days to the Tour de France, and I tell you what, Maka, I saw the studio, and it's looking pretty sharp. Oh, I know, I know. Our, our producer, she sent a cheeky little picture. Not out to public eyes just yet, but it looks very nice, doesn't it? I can't wait to settle in on the couch and uh, looking forward to the next few weeks. But we've got a bit to get through, haven't we, before? Because Absolutely. we're not even, we're not really in the build-up just yet. Like, we're, there's other stuff going on. Absolutely. There will be another podcast for a full build-up of the Tour de France uh, next week. But today, I thought, you know what, we should go back and, and have a look at what happened since you and I last, last spoke, and that was at, at the end of the Giro. Uh, but I went home at the end of the Giro, but you carried on and uh, commentated on a good part of the Dauphiné. And then we have an Australian winner at Dauphiné, Richie Porte. I mean, he was impressive in that race. Yeah, he was He was great, wasn't he? And um, look, Maddie Keenan and I were sort of we had this good vibe about Richie even before the start of the Dauphiné. We were just saying that he, because he hasn't raced a lot this year, um, I think he pulled out of Paris-Nice, he crashed out, but it wasn't a bad, bad crash. But we've always said he seems to race his best when he's fresh, and we see that over the years in January at Tour Down Under and the like. So we sort of had this good feeling about him, and then he delivered. And as you and I both know, we, we love the history of, the Aussies in, in some of these great races, he's the second only Australian to win behind Phil Anderson. So a little feather in his cap. And also, just to give a perspective, it's, it's 1985, last time an Aussie won. And that was, you're right, Phil Anderson, 1985. It's not even the same century, you know? It's Yeah, it's pretty cool, isn't it? Really, really And really, really good for Richie because, as he said, I, you know, I loved his, I think his post-race grab, how he, he talks about, you know, he's finished second, I think, twice there. And he, he really should have won it, I think, on one of those occasions. But nice to sort of, get the monkey off the back. Yeah, absolutely. Let's listen to, uh, to Richie Port. Uh, this race for me, you know, I've been second here twice and then I also lost uh, second place one year in the last kilometre as well. But uh, to finally win it, um, I'm just over the moon, you know. All the sacrifices, time away from my wife and two kids, you know, it's it's worth it. And this, this team, Ineos Grenadiers, are just absolutely brilliant today. Did you think of a possible bad scenario when you saw uh, Jack Haig giving it a go, Garrett crashing? What was going on in your mind then? No, look, I think I know the descent of the Duplan well, and, you know, we've done it many, many times. So, you know, I decided to uh, do my own pace. And then when I saw G crash, uh, you know, it wasn't ideal, I guess, for the last six kilometers. But 
He came back. He's got some pretty bad road rash, but he'll be uh, tip-top for the tour. I mean, I'm under no illusions as to what my job is at the tour. To win this race just means so, so much to me. You know, it's, it's a, a race I've always enjoyed. And uh, to finally win it, 36 years old, it's a, a sweet moment. So that was a rich report. Uh, this uh, brings the debate I think you and I can, can have, or, or chat, it's not technically a debate, but uh, we discussed the move, you know, of, of Richie going back to Sky slash Ineos Grenadier. Uh, but this already, we can say it's paid off because he's, he's really delivering for the team, but the team is delivering for him as well. Yeah, it's, it's you're right. It's Look, if I think back to when it was announced that he was going back to Ineos, it completely threw me. I didn't see it coming. I think at the time I had other teams in my mind and I'd heard, we'd heard a couple of rumours, you know, and I thought, I thought my intel was good, but it was obviously wrong. And I'll admit I was a little bit disappointed that he was going back to Ineos. I just thought, oh, okay, that's it. He's resigning himself to being a, a super domestique. But you, you're spot on, Christoph. The team has delivered for him and he's delivered for them. And now the question begs, He'll be at the Tour de France as a super domestique, but surely they would be crazy not to have him as a really sort of strong um, backup plan B. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I keep on arguing uh, with other friends on saying, is he going to be a plan, a plan A, B or a plan B? That's pretty much where they are. They'll be, they'll be, they'll be stupid not to. Uh, but that brings that brings a discussion we can have about Ineos because we saw Carapaz winning also Tour de Suisse. Uh, I mean, is there anything uh, that they can't win this team? And we were we were criticizing Sky at the time because they were so dominant on the the, the Grand Tour, so dominant on the, on on the Tour de France and so on for many years. But they seem to be reaping the rewards on many other races right now. So therefore. Are they even stronger than they used to be? It's yeah, I mean it's it's a good point. And if we cast our minds back to what a couple of years ago and remember Dave Brailsford saying, Okay, we can't win the way we've done for so many years, you know, being that and as we called them the skybots, sitting on the front, riding a tempo, the dynamics of racing had changed with with the likes of Roglic, Pogacar, and these young riders coming through. So if you put in, if you sort of draw a comparison, say like a football team, and when we talk about football teams, how they bottom out and they go, okay, we've got to rebuild. You've got to give Ineos some credit here because they have turned it around really quickly and they've rebuilt and suddenly now they've won the Giro d'Italia. They've won Swiss, as you said. They've won the Criterium de Dolphinet. I think they've had a couple of other wins along the way. This year, they are now looking like, I won't say hot favourites because I think Pogacar is still a hot favourite as the defending champ, but gee, Ineos, they've got some, they've got some cards to play, haven't they? Yeah, absolutely. But that brings the question, though, about the Tour de France, because we can see how dominant they were at, uh, at the Giro. We know Bernal is now focusing, uh, is, is passing the Tour de France and, and focusing on the Vuelta. Uh, but we haven't got the full roster at the minute. But we know uh, Geraint Thomas will be leading this team. And we just spoke about Richie Porte. But do you think that team would be strong enough to outweigh someone like Pogacar and the, any others, the Vanderpool and any other teams that will have a chip at it as well? Yes. In short, yes. What they've what they've got are cards. So let's let's look back at last year's tour and let's look back at the little chink in Pogacar's armour. And it was that stage that he lost time in the crosswinds, which so did Richie Port, by the way. 
But Ineos now, we know generally as a team, they're really strong together. So in crosswinds, in, in other days where they can mix it up, they'll they'll use that to their advantage. They'll have to. If they have if they want to try and rely on outdoing Pogacar in the mountains and the time trials, well then they're probably going to lose the race. I'll say that hands down. But we all know this is a three-week journey. It's a three-week marathon, and there's more curveballs than a <laughs> than a World Series baseball match can be thrown at you. So I think Ineos have got They've got cards to play, but the question is, they've got to, they've got to work for one rider at the end of it all. When it comes down to it, they can have a plan A, B, and C, but ultimately they've they've got to have they've got to go for their plan A. You know, the plan C at some point has to become the plan A. So, who is it going to be? Is it going to be Port? Is it going to be Carapaz? Is it going to be Garrett Thomas? Or is it going to be Taylor Gagenhart? Like you've got a few cooks in the kitchen, haven't you? Yeah, absolutely. And, and and actually, the question around Garen Thomas, do you think he's got a second win in him? Uh, because it seems that he's, he's, he's dominated the tour where he won it. Uh, but then after that, uh, he hasn't won another Grand Tour. Um, and he's back here at the Tour de France. For me, honestly, that's a surprise that he's back at the Tour de France as, as a main leader. Uh, but do, do you think he's got a second tour in him or not? I think so. I think he has. But he, he obviously, and it's you know stating the obvious here. But I don't need to tell you or anyone else this. He has to be at, he'll have to be at his very very best um, to win, obviously. Um, but I think he showed some hints of that at the Dauphiné. And okay, I don't think he was at his very best at the Dauphiné, but I think his form is coming up, and I think he'll be confident and he'll have confidence in himself that his form is rising. So. No, I think I think um, I think G will be will be very very good. And look, the one thing he's got over most other riders at this year's race is that he's won the tour. They mm-hmm. haven't. Yes, Pogacar has. Um, you know, Chris Froome has, but we know Chris Froome won't be won't be a threat at the tour this year, and we'll get to him later. But you know, that is the one thing that Garrett Thomas has done, and only Pogacar can say it as well that. Hey, we've won this race before. We know what it's like to stand on the top step. Yeah, absolutely. And and actually, we can talk about Chris from now because we know partially uh, what the roster for Israel Startup Nation will be, and we know Chris from is not the designated leader of the team. Is that a surprise to you, or having followed him throughout the uh, year 2021, you think he's probably better place where he's at as a road captain? Isn't is he even strong enough to be the road captain for them? I think I think 100. percent He's strong enough, strong enough mentally and tactically. Physically, no, but you don't need to be to be a road captain. Um, you don't need to be a GC guy to be a road captain. You can be, you can be a sprinter, but one who has all the experience in the world and still be a road captain for a GC team or you know the like. So, look, Chris Froome, four Tour de France wins, Giro, Vuelta. He's one of the greatest in Grand Tour history of the last decade, and. So he'll be a fantastic captain. And I actually look forward to seeing him in that role. It's it's disappointing he's not in great form. I think we'd all love to see him back. And suddenly now Froome is the underdog. I think he's gaining more fans and more popularity. It's a strange beast, isn't it, uh, sport in general, when you know a champion falls off his perch, um, you can only kick them so far down the road and eventually you want to see them bounce back. So I think it's I think it's just great that he's actually will be at the Tour de France and, you know, it's a it's a feather in his cap that he'll be the road captain and, you know, 
he's leading a pretty strong team with Michael Woods. And it would be a, a surprise, and I think we will all be delighted, at least in, at the very least in the SBS team and I guess in a wider range, but uh, to see if Chris Froome can actually win a stage. That would be an, that would be an amazing achievement for Chris Froome to to win the stage. But uh, you know, there's there's something that will be interesting in that team going going forward at this tour. And you're right, Michael Woods as a leader, that's that's an interesting move as well for him. Yeah, yeah, he Woods. I think look, Woods has sort of said he's 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 talked about the role being team leader, but he said first and foremost, stages are his priority. So. You know, but then he's there as their GC guy. So a GC, a GC guy doesn't talk about winning stages. Normally you hear about sprinters, you know, going for stage wins first and then maybe talking about the green jersey. Whereas Woods, is he's playing it down a little bit, I think. But um, no, look, I think I think Woods can, I think he can ride top five. You know, if he rides at his very best, he can ride top five at the tour. Um, you know, his time trialling has generally been a little bit lacklustre, but... You know, as far as the rest of him goes, um, he's a pretty rounded sort of bike rider. So, you know, when you got someone like Froome, you know, Froome's got more experience at winning the Tour de France than anyone else that will be there. So, you know, he'll have a he'll have a good man in his ear. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, someone we haven't spoken about for a long time is Roglic. Uh, we know he stopped for a little while to to get prepared for the uh, for the Tour de France. What do we know about Roglic at the minute? And is he is he? I mean, de facto, is also a contender. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's weird, isn't it? I'm, I'm with you. I, I got to say, I'm a little bit in the dark on where Roglic's form is at. So he's he's come into it with a different sort of preparation this year, hasn't he? And um, maybe he's enjoying that being off the radar. And I think I think one thing we can say about Roglic is, or, or, or I believe it, he can turn up to the two up with very minimal racing. And he's going to be good because he's such a consistent rider and he's such a, um, he seems like such a level-headed sort of, you know, sort of guy that can, you know, go away, have a plan and nail that plan to perfection and he'll turn up to the tour being good. So, you know, he'll be good, no doubt. But, you know, the question is how good and, and will, will, will good <laughs> or very good for him, will it be enough to win the tour? We won't know, you know, for maybe two weeks' time. Absolutely. Let's talk about the Aussies as well, uh, because of course we, we have a vested interest in them. Uh, there, there are a few. We spoke about uh, Richie Port just a few minutes ago, but uh, of course uh, Ben O'Connor, Jack Haig should be there, will be there. Uh, where do you see the the Aussies performing this year? Well, I think I think first and foremost, I think Caleb's our number one sort of man to follow. You know, because I almost forgot Caleb. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he's, I mean... he's such he's such a such a prominent guy that yeah, I know he's going to be here. So I don't even have a question about Caleb. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I think he, he's where we will look for initial success. You know, and, and when I say we as a network, you know, the network sort of we thrive, don't we? SBS thrives in ratings when an Australian goes well. So we want to see an Aussie from a selfish point of view, I guess. We we want to see an Aussie go well, but then the fans also want that as well early on. We want to see Caleb, you know, pick off a win, or not just Caleb, any Australian for that matter, but Caleb is our best chance. And he's got great form. He's just won a couple of stages in Tour of Belgium. But then you're very right, Christoph, in talking about Jack Haig and Ben O'Connor because they are the next gen of GC guys for us. And where I think we have good reason to get a little bit excited about Ben O'Connor and Jack Haig as our next GC guys that will, 
you know, hopefully have a have a really good race at the tour and, you know, a, a sort of injury-free, incident-free, and if they can ride their own race, be well-supported at the tour. And from all accounts, I think they both will be within their teams, within Bahrain Victorious and, of course, uh, AG2R Citron for Ben O'Connor. Um, Citroën. Yeah, I think, Citroën. I think Citroën. Citroën. Citroën, not Citroën. <laughs> Not citron, not lemon, citroen. Um, so yeah, I, I think I think we've got every reason to be excited about the Aussie lineup. And look, there's a few more as well that we haven't mentioned, but we'll talk more about them. You know, as as we get closer and as the the team lineups are announced. Absolutely. So we will have a full debrief of, of what to expect on the Tour de France next week in, in our podcast, uh, including the different areas we're going to go through and the other like uh, the other teams and the other members of the team and what to expect because we'll have the, the full roster. Uh, let's move on to any other news. And there's, uh, there are actually plenty of activities uh, in, a, in a cycling. You just mentioned the, the Tour de Suisse, of course, with a, a splendid victory by Carapaz. But the, the national jerseys are in competition right now. And then Mostly in the last few days when we record this has been the, the, the time trials. Um, any surprises there? I mean, the first one that jumps in mind to me, uh, Tom Dumoulin is back and he's back. He's got a national jersey in his shoulder for the next year in the time trial. Yes, yes. Uh, it, that was, I mean, surprising, maybe not surprising. I don't know. I mean, we know he's a great time trialist, but off the back of having, you know, a few months off the bike, I guess... Um, mental health leave, I guess you'd call it from your job, wouldn't you? He sort of, he just needed a break to sort of think about things. And, you know, first and foremost, you've got to give credit to Jumbo Visma for allowing him to take time out. I think he took, you know, unpaid leave, if you like. Um, but he's back. He won the TT. Good to see him back in the winner's circle. And I, I don't think he's lining up at the tour, is he? I think they've, they've already sort of made that announcement. I'll, I'll, I won't call it just yet. He could be a late inclusion. We'll see, but we don't think so at this stage. But mm. good to see him in. And the other surprising one, which I think is more surprising, the Belgian TT, yeah, Yves yeah. Lampart, beat Remco Evenepoel in the time trial. That was a big surprise for me. Yeah, and that's one we can discuss a little bit on On was Lampard, technically, he was a lot better. Than, he was better than Evenepoel on the road, but... What does that say about the form Evenepoel is after the the, the the hell, let's say, let's name it the hell he had at, at the Giro. Uh, there's no way he enjoyed that Giro, uh, Remco Evenepoel, in terms of bouncing back. Yeah, yeah. Look, look Evenepoel, well, he bounced back at Belgium. He was good there. Um, but at the end of the day, I think what we can say is he's only human. And, and, and I'll almost disagree with you a little bit at, at the Giro. I think... I Do you think, think he, he enjoyed, enjoyed that, Giro? I, I, think, he, I think he enjoyed it. Yeah, I think he enjoyed parts of it, absolutely. Okay. okay. Because, I mean, remember, he was nine months out of racing. So I think initially, those first few days at the Giro, he was just loving it, you know, loving being back racing. And he was probably, let's be honest, he's a young kid. He was loving the attention. And then, of course, when it got hard and he had to dig deep and then in the end he withdrew and he crashed and, you know, all sorts of things happened. Yeah, of course, he didn't enjoy those moments. But I think um, coming out the other side of that, he will be better for it and he will have enjoyed the experience of the highs and lows and he'll learn so much from it. So, um, you know, so I think uh, Evenepoel being beaten by Lampard, Lampard's actually a good tt I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, you don't turn up to a national TT with eyes on the prize if you're not a good one. So we know he's good. But um, Evenepoel, 
you know, he's going to get bigger and better, um, you know, at the, at the back end of this year and into next year. Gee, we're, we're going to see more and more of him. So I, th- I think that the future is still looking as bright as ever for Remco. Yeah, what's good as well is to 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 realize that uh, Lampard is also a Dukenic quick step rider. Uh, so th- that team is really dominating Belgium cycling, if not the world cycling, you know, in terms of victories. Yeah, yeah, they are. And uh, I, know, I know we're sort of going on to other news, but um, a, another man who was in that squad, Mark yeah, Cavendish, absolutely, one stage of Belgium. Did you see it? I saw it. I saw it. But we want to discuss overall, uh, Cav, because you and I have been very inverted comma as much as we can be critical of 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 that selection in the team. We were surprised and and we were saying, "Well, we don't think he's going to win anything." He's, we know. Oh, come on, mate. I think I've got always, record. I've got I record. always said he should be on that squad. <laughs> I've got, I've got the, I've got the. the oh, no, have you? oh dear, oh dear. But yeah. how, like honestly, how wrong were we so far? Because he's having quite a good season. There's even a question mark of him going to the Tour de France. I mean, you and I, if you would have asked this similar question last year, we would have gone no. Actually, we went no way. Yeah, I mean, firstly, I think he won three stages at, at Tour of Turkey, right? Mm-hmm. So there, there was a bit of excitement about that. And I will honestly say, even after Turkey, I went, doesn't matter. There were no big sprinters there. You know, he's still a sprinter, even though he's probably not at his very best of what we've seen. Fine, but that doesn't change my mindset. But then I saw the Tour of Belgium sprint, and it was a clean sprint. Because, And I thought, when I saw the result, I thought, okay, maybe there was a crash. Maybe there was, you know, something happened at the end, and he got a little bit lucky. I watched the sprint. It was a clean sprint. He had the perfect lead out. He wins, but he's beating guys like Caleb, um, you know, whoever the other sprinters were there. I can't remember all of them, but, you know, definitely Caleb because he won two stages. Mm-hmm. Um, you, It begs the question, should you and I sit down and eat some humble pie? <laughs> I think so. I'm cooking it. It's in the oven at the minute. It's I in the oven at the minute, man. <laughs> oh, you put it on already, have you? Yeah, it's uh, on already. Like, I, I didn't wait for you. <laughs> fair call. And then, well, the question is, and I'll ask, I'll pose you this question. Do you think he should go to the tour? Yes. yes. I would say yes, because, really? uh, yes, uh, uh, because, um, you know, of course, there's Bennett. Uh, in the team as well, but we know Bennett Bennett is leaving at the end of the of the of the year. I don't know. He's, he's, he's sort of a, he should go at the tour if he's able to lead Bennett a bit as well. Don't you think? So they well, could work. They could work well as a as a team. Or can can you have two sprinters in a team? Uh, I'm okay. My gut feeling says he he still shouldn't go just because I don't think Bennett will not work for him, and I don't okay. think Cav has ever ever let out a sprinter. Mm-hmm. So. I can't see how it could work. I'd love to think so. I mean, I actually think it would be, it would look awesome and it would be great if, um, you know, suddenly we saw Cav leading out Sam Bennett. And then on one occasion, Cav gets a good run of the line, Bennett gets lost and, and he gets his own shot at glory. I mean, you know who the perfect man to ask this question would be? And it would, be, would have been great to actually get him on the line. Um, no, well, Robbie, no, even better, Mark Renshaw. Yeah. Yeah. The man who led Cav out, groomed with him for many, many years and led him to so many successes. I think Mark would know Cav better than any of us. And, yeah, you know, look, it'll be – if Cav is at the tour, it'll be uh, certainly a question I'll be asking Mark Renshaw if we get him on during the live coverage because mm-hmm. um, it's an interesting prospect, isn't it? 
Yeah, I can answer that. Mark is coming on the live coverage, so you'll be able uh, to correct. ask that question. <laughs> um, so, any other news uh, in terms of the the women's as well? Uh, there's been some uh, uh, interesting as well development in the uh, Dutch time trial because Anna van der Breggen, we know it's her last season. She's sort of cleaning up on pretty much everything she's entering uh, into. She's now national champion in uh, the, the time trial. But uh, that gives you the depth, uh, that, that news gives you the depth of the shackling when you realize that Van Vluten could not do better than Floor. Yeah, Van Vluten missed the podium. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's crazy when you think about the the class of Dutch, of women's Dutch cycling. It's, it's just, it is quite incredible. And what it does, it sends a big message to the women's peloton for the world champs and of course the upcoming olympics you know they are the we knew it anyway but more than ever they're the team to beat uh, i think at both um the world champs and the olympics and you know that's you know probably two of the biggest focuses for women's cycling i guess as we move you know into this second sort of half of the season um but they are they're just They've just got numbers, haven't they? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and yeah, thinking that she can't make the podium, that means that two, uh, three, bet, three riders that are better than her, but two in between Van der Breggen and her. Uh, and and I would have never thought that would even be possible, you know. Well, and and I wonder now. I'm not sure where the selection is at for the Dutch um, team for the Olympics. Yep. Does that mean Van Vluten may not get the start in the TT? At the Olympics, I wonder. It's a it's a fair question. It's a fair question. Uh, any other news? Uh, look, there's some snippets. Um, I think we should just mention TJ Van Garderen. He will be doing his last bike race. I think it's this coming weekend, if not this, the following, uh, in the US Pro Road Race. So Van Garderen, as we know, he rides for EF Education. I think he was fifth twice at the Tour de France, best young riders mm-hmm. jersey. He's actually had a, a, quite an amazing career and just still going to this point. Um, you know, kudos to you, TJ. I've always enjoyed watching him race. I know he copped his criticisms a little bit, um, you know, saying that he couldn't do any better than fifth at the tour. And you know what? For those people who did criticise him, you're right. <laughs> but fifth at yeah. the tour is still pretty damn good in my book. So, uh, yeah, TJ, definitely. I tip my hat. Well done on a great career. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, anything else? Uh, there is some. There are. There is anything else. And what I will say is, our friend of the podcast, uh, Matilda Reynolds, is yes. off in the states. She had a, a late call up. Uh, she had a call up from the Fearless Femme team, and she's made a dash to the states. She's filled out her COVID forms. She's got there, and she's about to start in the tour, tour of America's uh, Dairylands, an eight day criterium series. Uh, on the US scene, and she's pretty much predominantly going there to race the US crit scene. So, Matilda Reynolds, good luck to you, and great to see her getting overseas. You know, as much as I think we've got a great scene here in Australia, I think Matilda is she's too good just to be staying in Australia. So, I think it's great that she's she's getting overseas and racing. Yeah, absolutely. And if you don't uh, follow her on uh, on social media, do yourself a favor, follow her on social media because she's actually very good. Uh, yeah. And and she's a pleasure to to watch, and it's going to be in, very exciting to see uh, what she can uh, show the Americans over there. Yeah. Thank you uh, for joining us, Maka. Yeah. Sorry. Just one last thing. Just some dates yeah. for everyone to put in their diaries. Giro Rosa, of course, for the yes. women, July two to eleven. Uh, I'm I'm doing this in backwards order, actually. Uh, the Lotto Belgium Tour. 
22nd to the 25th of June. And of course, La Course, of course, mm-hmm. the one day race for the women, that, which coincides with the Tour de France. It's the 26th of June. Uh, it's Can you believe, Christoph? it's the eighth edition this year? I know. And can you believe we were there at the first one? <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first one. You know? oh, no, it sort of makes me happy but sad at the same time because we won't be there, of course, this year. We'll be covering all of that from the Sydney studios. But there's plenty coming up, so plenty to be excited about. Absolutely. And what could be interesting with La Course, this could actually be, and I'm not too sure about it, but thinking about it, it could actually be the last edition of La Course because uh, next year there will be a women's Tour de France. Uh, so La Course would graduate, I guess, into something bigger and better, a, a women's Tour de France, a one-week race. Uh, but La Course this year is going to be live also on SBS. Thank you for joining us, Maka. No worries. Thank you. My pleasure. And make your way to Melbourne, to, to Sydney. We need you here. Okay? Um, mate, need you I here. am on my way. I'm, I'm literally packing my bags. Don't worry. Good. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. See you soon, mate. This was the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Before we go, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, uh, subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash central or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Until next time, it's bye for now. Before we go, a quick shout out to Zwift the app that turns indoor training into a game. Getting started on Zwift is easy. You just need your bike, a trainer, and your PC, Mac, or Apple device. Zwift offers training plans, interval workouts, and a global community. Get strong and get motivated with every ride. Give people a ride on, and you're sure to get one back, as together you enjoy the massive benefits of social indoor training. Go to Zwift.com today and start your free trial.